Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Well, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Today, this episode is called Ain't Ain't Nothing But a Number. Okay, this <laughs> take a sip. I'm going to. <laughs> Good Lord. Today, this episode is called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. You guys all know this song by the late, great Aaliyah. And I have a very, very special guest with us today. She is a former Bucks cheerleader, former Jaguars roar cheerleader. How do you really say that, Jada? Jaguar roar? Like, what am I doing wrong uh, here? You can just say the roar. You can say the roar of the Jags. Uh, the roar of the Jags cheerleaders. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I swear I fumble over that each and every time. Former Pro Bowl cheerleader as well. I mean, Jada, your stats and your bio go on and on and on. And I want you to give into each area. So I don't want to even attempt to summarize this, but you have such an interesting background. And we chose this title. Well, I kind of chose it. But I think this title is so appropriate because you just made a post about all the different things that you're continuing to grow and do as a dancer despite age. And I think this is an episode that so many people spoke up about, I mean, I kind of have my own little war story being a little older than what was expected for pursuing an NFL cheerleader role, but um, welcome to the show. And I'm just so excited to have you because you had me on your Palms Up, the podcast show, and then we're yes. down doing a swap. So this is all amazing news. And we both have a glass of rosé, you guys. So it's been <laughs> one of those days and we're going to um, edit out our large gulps but welcome to the show Jade I'm so excited to have you thank you as always I'm very very honored to be here and speak with you today oh my gosh I'm just thinking of the first time that I ran into well not ran into you Brittany and I were kind of stalking <laughs> all of you guys so I can't act like it was casual or um by chance but just so you guys know uh Pro Bowl what was this Jada 2019 yep 2019, when when life was normal, Brittany and I traveled to Orlando to cover the Pro Bowl cheerleaders, and we had done an episode featuring each one and just kind of, well, not featuring, but just discussing each of the cheerleaders that were selected. So we already felt like we knew all you guys, but I remember you sitting at kind of like that outside area doing an autograph session. Did you think we were weird, Jada? Tell the truth. No. I no, <laughs> no. I told you this already. I didn't think it was weird. I loved it. I, I, I was just like, wow. Here are these women who are committed to, you know, getting the story out and like the real deal about our, you know, our profession, our hobby, our passion, and for you to follow through like that and just, I don't know. I just felt like it was very empowering and supportive. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's what we meant. We just felt like creepers the whole time, but we just wanted to highlight you guys. I mean, it was like kind of a, at least for the first time, I think I'd always followed to some extent, maybe on YouTube, like the Pro Bowl cheerleaders and their experiences, but that was the closest that we could get to it. So it was just so nice to see you guys shining in your glory and in your moment. And we'll talk more about that, but 
I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Let's just start because um, I almost wanted to read your post. Can I read your post, Jada? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's really like, it just sets the tone for the whole episode. And then we'll kind of dig in from there in terms of like your background that you outline here. But so you guys, if you aren't following, it's palms up health and fitness, all one word on Instagram. And today the post was never in a million years that I think I'd be where I am today. I didn't grow up in a studio or with any classical training. I executed a clean double for the first time at the ripe age of 19. I was 22 when I participated in my first kick line. I didn't hit and hold my first decent developed tilt until a couple months ago at the age of 29. I started this journey with just my passion and drive by auditioning for my high school team at 15 and didn't make the cut, but I didn't give up and I came back the next year. Oh, I know this is long, but whatever. Can I keep reading? Go ahead. <laughs> it feels like a dramatic reading, but I just really think it was so powerful. Um, but you say, I went on to learn, grow, and diversify my talents with multiple organizations in college, then danced for two NFL teams where I was voted to represent one of those teams at the Pro Bowl. And now I'm running a business to encourage other women to keep dancing and ignite that passionate joy, no matter their team status. I'm even coaching a collegiate dance team. I say all this to remind you that it's never too late to pursue your passions and dreams and never too late to learn and develop new skills. Go after it, stop doubting your abilities, enjoy the journey and embrace where you are in it. Push aside that annoying voice in your head that tells you you're not capable or young enough or that you don't have the history or skill set. You've got this, it's time to live your life and passions full out, you deserve it, queen. Jada, when I saw that I flipped out, I was just like, this is exactly the message that I wanted this episode to be about because I can relate to so much that you put in there. And this is what people need to hear. I think it's really, really scary as you continue to age. I mean, we're all going to get older, but mm -hmm. I think is when you love dance and maybe you let it go for different reasons or you're returning back to it, there's so many voices in your head that are telling you like, old dogs can't learn new tricks. I don't even know what the saying is, but you know, there's so many things that you can feed yourself that will talk you out of it. And I just love, 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 love this message because it's just so fitting. So, I mean, let's go through, cause we both related to each other a lot in your episode and we need to plug the podcast real quick. Palms up the podcast. We'll get into that in more detail, but Jade and I did an episode together and we realized that we had so much in common in terms of just not being classically trained and mm -hmm. so forth. So tell us your journey, I guess, just getting to the point of auditioning, like how did you prepare and and what was that process like for you? So yeah, I grew up and I always just enjoyed dancing around the house and, you know, I always wanted to be a part of a studio and to go to classes, um, but it wasn't really, I guess, in Financial the plan. Um, yeah, just with, you know, just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, my mom, she she had a lot. She was basically, you know, raising me and my sister by herself. And there's so many different um, things that she had to take care of. And so that was kind of put mm -hmm. on the back burner. And it was actually one of the very first seasons of So You Think You Can Dance. I remember sitting on my oh. mom's floor in front of the TV. And I cannot remember who the girl was. She didn't start dancing until she was 16. And I was 15 years old at the time. And just okay. seeing how an amazing dancer she was and I was just like wow like if she didn't start till 16 and like maybe you know there's hope for me like I can go ahead and hop in so that mm -hmm. year at the end of the school year I went ahead and auditioned for my high school team didn't make it re-auditioned so I danced with them for two years 
But going actually into my NFL audition, it was kind of funny because I didn't really plan it. I didn't think about it. I didn't really, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't see myself being an NFL cheerleader. I grew up kind of tomboyish. And my mom was like, oh, wow, like I just got invited to judge the Bucks auditions. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I had just graduated from FSU and I was applying for grad school. And I was like, well, what if I don't, you know, get into grad school or, you know, I want to keep dancing. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to audition. Sorry, mom. And she was like, you just ruined this for me. I can't, I can't judge anymore. I can't judge now. <laughs> like torn between being happy and excited for me. And then the disappointment of her not being able to judge the audition. So I went and in. why was your mom why was your mom selected to be a judge? She cheered for the Bucks in eighty nine through ninety-two, I believe it was, something like that. Mm-hmm. She did three And seasons. it wasn't on your radar still radar no, screen. She still? didn't talk about it really. Like I oh, knew she sure. was a cheerleader, but she didn't I don't know. It just wasn't something that she bragged about a lot or um, tried to push on us or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things she did. Yeah, she didn't flex. Yeah, and now no I'm thinking, flex. gosh, I'm not flex. my kids. <laughs> when I saw those photos, the photos themselves were a major flex. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. So um, then you, you tank her, her judging, but you show up at auditions, and how did it go? I made the team, which was a very big surprise for me. Um, I was kind of nervous. Again, I didn't know if I was going to fit in with these girls because, again, it just wasn't my vibe. I was, I never really wore makeup. I wasn't, you know, the glam type. And mm-hmm. I got my grad school application letter literally the next week after I made the team. And I was like, you know what, can I postpone this till the spring? I just made the team. I want to, you know, have this experience. Ended up loving it. And I never went to grad school. <laughs> Because I wanted to audition another year and keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. So it's something that definitely grew on me. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was definitely fueled by that passion of just wanting to dance and have that Mm -hmm. opportunity and growing. Because I really feel like I grew a lot when I made that team. For sure. And so when you mentioned just in terms of executing a double turn and all of that, was that kind of through the auditions process that you were picking up those skills or after you made the team? So I made the team when I was 22. When I was in college, I was a part of like a student organization. And I honestly didn't, I didn't even think I was going to make this team. It was Mahogany Dance Theater, giving them a shout out. Okay. Um, (laughs) The sweetest thing, ooh, Mahogany, Mahogany. At FAMU, I went to Florida State, but... um, you know, we're very close in proximity and a lot mm-hmm. of us kind of like intermingled in the dance community. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so they were heavily focused in jazz and ballet and contemporary. And so they pushed me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't make a lot of routines because we had to audition basically for each spot and each dance and each number. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So... I remember that first show, I was in two pieces, a hip hop routine and one of the jazz numbers. And the only reason I was in that jazz number, <laughs> I was a, what do they call it? A, like alternate kind of thing? Yeah, like an alternate. One girl, oh, she, okay. and she got injured and I had to hop in. And when I tell you the pressure was on, <laughs> I don't I think I'd ever been so nervous. Like 
having to live up. I was just like, okay, Jada, you gotta get it together. You gotta get together. Like, you gotta hit this. <laughs> Squeeze and hold. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, arabesque. Okay, I'm doing my best. It was one of those things. So yeah. Well, that's so cool. You even had the opportunity. Like, if I was at Georgetown, and I know we had like a consortium with Howard and all the like GW, George Washington, like all the area schools where you could take classes at each other's university, I guess. If that was open to cheerleading and dance programs, like I probably would have been like, I'm not cheering for Georgia and I'm about to try to be a ooh la la girl. But anyway, that's really cool that you had an opportunity to, to mm-hmm. do that. And like you said, even though it's scary, you're kind of pushing yourself and growing in dance through that process. So it's okay. So then you were 22 and you made the team. Mm-hmm. And so you cheered for two programs, which is really awesome. I did two seasons uh, in Tampa and then I moved to Jacksonville for Teach for America, um, okay. and after my first year in Jacksonville, I decided I was settled and ready to dance again, um, even though I told myself I wasn't going to audition okay. because I didn't want to switch teams, you know, the loyalty and, you know, never, I would never betray my teammates and, you right. know. <laughs> um, but I just, I wanted to dance so bad and I just wanted that team aspect and the structure of it all Um, Mm -hmm. just because it was such a huge huge difference and a huge transition between being on the books and being on that team to not having any of that and being in a new city and so I felt kind of lost without it. No, that's understandable. It does provide and that's so interesting it makes me think of a conversation I had with I forget what I named his episode, but it was a man named Kurt who coaches like former athletes or just change management for different people. But he was speaking to a big part of the adjustment for a lot of the athletes is just lacking that structure with their day where like kind of like, you know, you just had a schedule that you were used to, even if it was crazy as all get Mm -hmm. out, like you're used to having that kind of go, go, go and just a way of balancing all of your time. So when it goes from that to nothing, it definitely feels like a huge, huge void. Like, what do I do with myself and all this time on my hands, for sure. Especially in a new city, yeah. Crying all the time, like didn't know why I was crying. Um, It was definitely a a pretty dark time for me that year. Yeah, no, understandably. We have so much like invested, I think, in, in the relationships too, and so I think when you remove yourself from pro dance, just being part of a team in general, it becomes like just a rip out of part of your heart because you have such close relationships with everybody. You spend so much time together. So that loneliness gets real, I think, um, especially if you're moving cities. Like if you retire and you're still in the same area, you maybe can get together and all of that. But it's it's definitely an adjustment, especially so you were pretty young then too, right? I mean... Yeah, 24 when I moved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you then tried out for the Jags. I'm the just going to. The roar. <laughs> the Let roar. <laughs> and I'm sipping away and you're not sipping. So you go oh, take, a, you take a sip. Um, so you cheer for the roar. How many seasons was it before you were named Pro Bowl cheerleader for the roar? Um, it was during my second season. You guys vote, is that right? Oh, yes, we, we vote. I know it's different for each team. Yes, um, she has a list or sheet of paper that she passes out, um, and it has all the veterans on the sheet because rookies mm-hmm. aren't eligible. Um, mm-hmm. And so you just check off the name of who you want, and she tallies them all up. 
That's awesome. How did you find out that you were selected? We're going to dig into some PDC stuff that I just probably always wanted to ask. How did you it find was out? during the game. Going into the game, I was like, you know, this is going to be my last game because I said it was going to be my last season. And I feel like I said that every year on the Jags. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, this is my last game. And we had our pregame appearance, and I was with my line captain. She was like, oh, my gosh, I'm just so excited to see who gets Pro Bowl because we announced it at our, our last game. And she was like, oh, I'm so excited. She was like, I voted for you. I was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. And I was kind of just like, why did you tell me that? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to have this in my like head. Like any anticipation. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, um, Yeah, because it just it wasn't something that, I really thought about or had seen as something that I wanted to aspire to achieve, but she got me all like anxious. And then like, <laughs> there were a couple other people who was like, I voted for you, I voted for you. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> Again, like it was just my second season there. And I was just like, there's so many other women on this team. Like, so we do the uh, quarter break routine. And at the end we, we, you know, turn around to walk off and one of uh, the assistants, she walks toward me with the sash. And I, like, you can tell, like, from the video, like, I'm just walking. It was, like, no, like, real <laughs> expectation. Like, I'm like, get off the field. And <laughs> she stops me um, and puts the sash on me. And, like, all my teammates run in. And I'm just in disbelief. And I'm trying not to cry, just overwhelmed and overtaken by so much emotion. And it was, yeah, it was just something like I'll never forget. And it was definitely like the highlight of my career was that moment, career. just being surrounded by my teammates and feeling all that love and support. Oh, that's awesome. Did you happen to have family members at the game at all or was it? Um, My husband was there. I had to beg, okay. him, to I had to beg him to be there, but he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Is he not a, a Jaguars fan or what no. do you mean beg? He's no, not. <laughs> that's not a team. <laughs> and I was like, it's, this, I was like, this is going to be my last game cheer. And like, just please come. He's like, okay. <laughs> I guess well, what's his team? Is it like a rival or the is Bucks. it just. A... He, was, he oh. was there for like all of my <laughs> games, my second season when we started dating. He was there oh, all okay. time. Bucks okay. Yeah. So he didn't make that transition to like, I'm willing to. to no. <laughs> to didn't cheer buy a t shirt, a jersey. Or he wore a free t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that I gave him but yeah no he wasn't as invested got you got you got you well no that's awesome and a, an amazing achievement so congratulations obviously I think it's speaks volumes especially when the teams do vote as opposed to kind of select by the director I think it's just a just that confirmation of like my peers actually value me in that way or think that I'm deserve I think it's just a great honor so Definitely congratulations on that. And I can only imagine that Pro Bowl experience in that game, considering it rained on you guys so terribly. But was it still the, the greatest moment ever? It was It was great. The only part that I would say was not great for me was pregame. <laughs> uh, during the anthem, just because we're standing there and you know, it's freezing cold and it's raining. I don't have prominent like a prominent eyebrow ridge it goes straight down so I don't have any shield from sun or rain straight into my eyeballs and um I was struggling to keep my eyes open they were burning um my, oh my contacts God, my. actually got suction cut 
to my eyes because we went back into the locker room right after to try and I guess like get ourselves together before we went back out and I was trying to switch them out and I couldn't get them out of my eyes and I almost had a mild panic attack but I was able to switch and then I put on my rain hat and I was good I was good for the rest of the game so for everybody who does not know I feel like it was the epic Pro Bowl game of all Pro Bowl games because it was a true I can't even I don't even know torrential downpour from like maybe even the nighttime all day long all night long like it didn't stop and it didn't let up it was just constant torrential down I don't know how else to describe it like I'm from like Seattle and I just, moment. it I was like crazy a, like a gladiator <laughs> and it wasn't even like warm like you said it was cold so it wasn't like a summer rain where it's mm-hmm. like oh this is kind of cute and sexy no it was just cold and ridiculously wet like we flew all the way from Seattle and we were fully intent on going and we're from a rainy behind area but we were like this is some other stuff like <laughs> we can't handle it um but no that's that's so hard I mean like when we have rain games here in Seattle we would wear I mean it was ugly I'm not ugly but it was just like a baseball cap but you needed it to kind of at least yeah. shield some part of your face I can't imagine if it's all beating at you like exactly beach makeup getting in your oh my gosh pain just uncomfortable that's so why I had to put can... on that rain hat everybody yeah. else like not everybody else but a lot of people were trying to be cute and I was like look I need to be able to see <laughs> one um so I'm wearing this hat and I'm wearing this rain jacket because I'm not gonna be cold like I'm gonna have a good time and not like trying yeah. to think about freezing my bones off Mm-hmm. No, that was a necessity in my view. You guys were such troopers. Um, I mean, I didn't go to the game to see all of it, but it was just knowing what that day was like. It was just like, wow, I cannot believe they're out here dancing in that and with a smile and looking graceful. And, you know, you're with your sister. So I guess it all works out, but just crazy, crazy, crazy. So let me talk about like some of your latest ventures after retiring, because you started at the Palms Up podcast. Timing wise, I think you started the Palms Up Health and Fitness Group too. So just kind of talk me through retirement and kind of what your game plan was in utilizing your, because you're a certified personal trainer, right? Mm-hmm. And wellness coach. So I want to kind of hear how you brought it all together in, in your career post dance. Yeah, so while I was chairing, I actually taught Pure Bar for a while, um, okay. and that kind of sparked my health, wellness, fitness journey, and so when I retired, I was thinking about how that first year when I moved from Tampa to Jacksonville, how insanely difficult that was for me, mm-hmm. and how I couldn't be the only one, and I spoke to a few of my Pro Bowl sisters at our reunion, January 2020. And a lot of them communicated the same struggles and issues that they were dealing with or that they were scared to deal with once they retired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I kind of merged everything together with, you know, being a health coach, my history and being a fitness instructor and just my experiences to put together palms up and to target former pro team dancers and cheerleaders. And of course, I make sure I also reiterate that this isn't just for us, um, mm-hmm. but it does address and is modeled after what we, the unique challenges and struggles that we deal with. So I have you know, people take my classes who um, may be preparing to be on a team or are still on a team 
Um, of course, people who are no longer on a team or women who just love the style and who want to, you know, do the dance pro. like how yeah. we used to dance. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a woman today who messaged me who she said she just started dancing during the quarantine. Um, and she was just like, oh, I'm so like this page has been such an encouragement. Like, I really love it. Like, I know I'm not the target audience, but like, I'm here for it. Like, oh, I love awesome. it. yeah, so it, it makes me feel good that even women who don't necessarily fit into that niche still feel like they belong and valued in this space. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So I think that's really important. So, yeah, it's just all about maintaining, you know, health even afterwards when you don't have that aesthetic motivation, um, mm -hmm. still finding the joy in dance because I may have retired from dancing on the sidelines, but I did not retire from dancing. Like I'm not giving that up. I'm still a dancer at heart. And yeah. so it's just important that people remember that. And so that's why I started Palms Up and that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. So let's give our infomercial um, for the program. I mean, I know you have a Facebook group, but is it kind of by class or? How, what's the, the structure of the program? Um, so there's not a set program. It's kind mm -hmm. of just whatever you feel comfortable doing. So there mm -hmm. is the Facebook group where people can interact with others. And last year I set up um, the ability in the Facebook group to, or for mentorship where you can, you know, pair up with someone. Um, mm -hmm. and we had a few mentors sign up, but there weren't a lot of people seeking that like in the polls and stuff that I put up, people were saying like they wanted it and they wish they had it. But I think people are still a little scared into actually taking that step and committing in order mm -hmm. to do that work. Yeah. But classes you can do live or on demand. All of the classes are recorded. I have over 60 classes that include sideline cardio, which is are the dance classes, um, stretch and strengthen, which is flexibility training. And then I have bands and bells which is strength training, working with lighter dumbbells and resistance bands and such. Okay. Wow. I love that it was targeted towards this group because I think we all have that craving, even after we retire, where it's just like, I want to dance, but I kind of want to dance the way that I used to dance. Like, I don't necessarily want to go to a, a dance class where, um, and there's nothing wrong with it, obviously, but doing like an adult dance class and a genre that's just different from what you're used to. You just kind of mm -hmm. want to feel like yourself again. And I know that you kind of have that in as part of like the tagline around what Palms Up is about, which I think is just, you do want to feel like yourself again. I don't care. I mean, not necessarily like looking the way that you necessarily look while you're on a team, but you just want to feel that mm -hmm. connection to dancing and just having that kind of fun and love for it, because that's really what it was really all about. I think it just the love of performing or the love of the style of dance. And so I love that you provide that space for connection on that basis because yeah. it's so this year I kind of separated it or categorized it into different levels so before it was kind of just sideline cardio and now I have level one level two level three and so it okay. really does reach you wherever you are on your journey whether if you just retired or you're preparing a level three type feel if That's you know true you haven't danced in 10 years or you feel like maybe I'm not ready for a high kick. I'm not ready. You know, I'm kind of a little rusty on in this area. You can do a level one. And then also that level one class, we have a extended stretch session at the end 
to help you, you know, lengthen those muscles and to build up a little strength. There's some exercises too incorporated in that so that you're Mm -hmm. able to work your way up if you want. Um, So I'm just really trying to make sure I reach everyone where they are. Where they are. Yeah, that's awesome. There's nothing like taking a freaking class where you're like, okay, I wasn't asking for all this. Like I just want, (laughs) it's over my freaking head. I just, you know, I mean, especially when you're coming back to it. And again, not to go back to, you know, the title of this episode, but especially I'm imagining, you know, somebody that's maybe, you know, a little older than the target audience, I think, for people who are interested in pro cheer and dance. And you have this goal of being on a pro team, but, you know, depending on where you are in that spectrum, like you said, if you just go into it, like going to any of these master classes or these pro cheer classes that are geared towards people who are either current or aspiring, like already in the mix, like it can be so just discouraging, I think, and overwhelming. So I love that you have that offering to kind of just see what you feel comfortable with and coming in and actually being able to build towards progression so that you Mm -hmm. can get to where you're trying to go, depending on what your goals are. That's great. This is awesome that you started this, Jada, because I mean, there's a lot of different programs, but it's just kind of, there's something for everyone in terms of what you're looking for. And I think what's really key that we don't get, I don't, well, you tell me what you think while you're on a team I don't think there's as much focus on like kind of like in terms of the fitness or things that we can do that would make us better dancers. Like it's almost like assume that you're already there at the fitness level and it's not really about like how you can build up to that fitness level. So I think it's great that you're using your background as a certified trainer to understand how to strengthen your body and prepare your body to be able to do all these darn things that they want us to do on the field, on the court. Um, because it's not something that they spend time teaching us when we're on a team. It's just kind of not necessarily some programs are different, but I would say yeah. by and large, it doesn't seem to be part of the part yeah, of no, the program. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes there's some things that they ask you to do or they have you do to help you work on your stamina. You know, you have to be able to make it through a game day, but it's not so much of the skills part. Mm-hmm. It's more so you know, oh, because, you know, you got to look good on the side. Yeah, the focus is more aesthetic than, yeah. Um, And then, of course, you know, we don't want you to pass out. But other than that, like, you know, you're good. (laughs) Just don't pass out and look good. Yeah, (laughs) as long as you look like that in the uniform, you're golden. That seems to be, at least back when, I would say the focus is, like you said, stamina and the look and just obviously what you need to do to maintain that look is figure it out and stick to it. It was kind of the message. So tell me about the Palms Up podcast that I had the joy of being a part of. Thank you so much again for having me. Of course, I had to have you on, Um, like I said, in the episode, which we titled, uh, Where Do We Go From Here? Where Do We Go From Here? Yes. (laughs) The podcast is on a little bit of a break, I guess, for a season. Mm -hmm just because I was in moving and there was a lot going on. So yeah, yeah. Um, breaks are good for the yeah. record for, for anyone and everyone. It's like, there's so much work in it. So congratulations on launching one. It's like, it's not a game in these streets. So I'm glad that you're taking the time. Yeah, and it's definitely like it. a passion, a passion project. For and sure. Putting in all this time and effort and money, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, still getting charged monthly, even though I'm not putting out any episodes, but Mm-hmm. the message still has to be out there so gotta do yes. what you gotta do as a fellow podcaster it's been on me to like okay do you like a business find ads find sponsors. 
but there's so much energy that goes into producing a show and editing a show and like you said charges and fees and things that you're having to pay for um, the hosting and I'm not saying it to kind of like toot our own horns but it's just it's a lot I'll mm-hmm. just put it out there and it is a passion project and before you even get to the level of going after sponsors and ads and all those things I mean I know some people come out of the gate with it but when you're kind of like an indie podcast it's definitely building blocks to even get there and there's so much work that goes into it so mm-hmm. again my hat's off to you for taking those steps and joining the podcast world because it is definitely more than you kind of know that you're signing up for when you initially do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I would definitely buy, buy some ad space for you. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Hold me to I it. I it together. I just, I hate ads and that's why I Yeah, haven't... I get you. I said I wasn't, I said I'm not going to have any ads. Yeah, unless it was like, because you're listening, you get such and such percent off I don't want to hear it like I don't want to hear it anyway continue (laughs) palms up the podcast what inspired you to launch it and all of the good things Um, about it what did inspire me I think I just felt like I had more to say than what an Instagram post could contain Um, and I wanted to be able to share stories other people's stories And so I'm like, what kind of platform or what can I use to be able to get these messages and these stories across? Mm -hmm. I was like, of course, a podcast. And it was something that was suggested to me before. And I was like, no, no, like, I'm not good at talking. And I don't think (laughs) something I could do and just, you know, downing myself. And and I was like, well, if I'm if I'm telling other people's stories most of the time anyway, it's like, I don't have to talk that much. I just ask the question and let them talk. Unless you're chatty patty like me, and I'm like, <laughs> you end up editing yourself out of the whole episode. I'm like, shut up, Makiba. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> Leave so, like now. <laughs> no, it's good. I love it. And so I'm just like, yeah, um, I'll go ahead and do it. And so I was, you know, made a whole list of who I wanted to hear from, who I thought mm-hmm. had a very interesting story. And there's still some people on that list that I haven't reached out to yet that will be in the next season whenever that happens. So yeah, it's kind of more of just sharing people's journeys and their stories after, you know, pro cheer and pro dance and where it's led them and how it's built them into who they are and what they do. Yeah, just that encouragement. And I wanted to share these stories as an inspiration for others and just to let them know, you know, you're not alone. This is what, you know, we've all gone through and this is how we've transitioned and built ourselves up and continued to be these rock star women. Um, so that's why I started the podcast. Awesome. And what was your favorite episode? I have to ask. I mean, I know that you had your mom on. Like, oh, it's yeah, that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> if mama's listening, that was the favorite one. Um, that's tough. I don't well, know. How about this? What did you say that you learned the most from starting the podcast that you didn't know before? I would say what I learned was that we are all so much more similar and, you know, share similar experiences and challenges than I thought before. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, you know, we all retire. We all may, you know, struggle with a loss of identity or, you know, with our struggle with our changing bodies, but even just the smaller minute details of how we see the world, how we see ourselves in this space, 
um, mm-hmm. and our journeys to get where we are and the things that we've sacrificed. It's just so eye-opening. It's like, oh, wow, you too, you too, you too. And just learning yeah. about each other and growing is like, we are so much more deeply connected than we could even imagine. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that like the most beautiful part though? It's like a forever bond where if you were to meet somebody randomly in life, like out somewhere and you find out that they were a pro-cheer leader, like instant automatic connection, probably on more levels than you would even uncover in that conversation. But that's what's so, so awesome about our space is just hearing and listening to these stories and understanding like those different touch points. There's just a lot tied to the dream that connects us and obviously the journey to get there and to making that dream a reality the things that you experience once you retire and step away from it. And and the, obviously I feel like the more that you removed from your time dancing, the broader your perspective even becomes and looking back at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was just like, in looking back, knowing the community that you built, right? Of, and the support that you wanted to provide to former dancers, looking back at your Um, dance career is there anything that you would have done differently or that you wish could have been different Hmm. I probably just learning certain lessons earlier on like my Mm -hmm. rookie season I kind of I guess I don't know if it was the headspace I was in or just my attitude at the time it was kind of like if I felt that I couldn't do something or I didn't have the experience in it I wasn't going to try so like when Mm -hmm. I made bucks we had like show team auditions and so she was demonstrating a routine or certain skills and there were some that I had never done before never even attempted and I was like oh I'm not going to audition and I was literally the only person I don't know what made me feel like I could just decide I wasn't going to but I, I told her I was like oh I'm not auditioning and she was like what do you mean you're not auditioning? And I was like, I can't do that stuff. So, and I think that attitude is just, it's, it's, oh, I feel like <laughs> thinking back on that, I'm like, I would have slapped myself in the face. Like, even, <laughs> like, if, even if you couldn't, even if you could not perform to that level, like at least try, because you never know until you, till you do it. Like mm-hmm. you limit yourself. Like I was limiting myself consciously and intentionally like deciding that I wasn't gonna go for it and it kind of like makes me mad that I was even thinking that way and I don't know if that kept me from doing other things or you know reaching a different level of I don't know performance or potential like leadership training opportunities and because I gave myself a ceiling and I made it so like concrete like you're not holding me back I'm holding myself back and that's I just just wish I would have not done that yeah no that's so interesting though because I mean until you said it I mean we had a different process for show group selection it was kind of handpicked similar to our um our pro bowl selection but the more I think about it um just based on where I was at starting my dance career as a professional cheerleader a lot later um, like you said knowing you know the way that I revered our show group team and the skills that they had obviously all trained and I think I would have subconsciously or not would have probably like if it was a tryout basis probably like man like that for me I'm really not at that level and 
probably would have done something very, very similar and just like counted myself out, which is why, again, not to go back to your post, but what I found was really inspiring, especially for people who are coming back to dance and maybe, you know, or just regardless of what age that you're at, you really do have to put yourself in a mindset of like, I'm here to grow. Like I may not have done it, may not have tried it. You have to be down for all of the things because you have to kind of push yourself to to grow and to see what you're capable of. And I think I would have actually, you know, listening to you mention that I probably would have discounted what I would have been able to actually reach, you know, with more time or, or even more hard work of what, you know, after five darn years cheering for this team, if it were a different process, obviously, then maybe I would have been like, you know, you know what, you need to light some fire under your butt and show that you can do whatever the heck I think that I can't do just, just as a personal challenge to yourself. And I think that's, that's really um, introspective. I mean, I think it's something that we do, whether we consciously do it or subconsciously do it. I mean, that ceiling or that, even in thinking like I could never do that in dance, I think it's so easy because it's, especially as more, the more technical that these auditions get in pro cheer and dance for NFL, NBA, and probably maybe even other teams as well. It's like, it starts to become intimidating. And I've heard from people writing in, like, I don't know where I even fit anymore because I could never do this stuff or these requirements are new. I don't know what the heck they want from me. Like, you know, a lot that will get in your head and make you feel a little more handicapped in terms of like even having the mindset of trying. So I think that's really, really awesome what you shared because you have to, you just kind of got to see what you're made of. You have to, Mm -hmm. you have to try or be willing to try and fail perhaps even, but just wanting to pick up those different skills or recognizing maybe what you're not strong at and deciding like, I get it. I don't have it right now, but I can get it. And that's something that, again, with your classes too, in terms of understanding that you're building towards being able to progress to the next level. I think that's what people might be lacking is like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm supposed to look like and what I'm supposed to have as skills, but like, you know, really what's a good footprint for me to try to get there. Yeah. And I think I, at the time I felt like I was being brave in some sort of way like trying to speak up for myself when really it was more of just the way I handled my insecurity and I was I didn't want to be embarrassed or I felt insecure about my dance skills compared to other people's um Mm -hmm. and yeah like you said it's kind of like getting comfortable being uncomfortable just doing it going for it and processing that insecurity and not just being like oh I'm just going to point out these flaws and these quote unquote handicaps I might have before someone else is able to say anything it's about before it. they do it, right? Yeah. <gasps> Why do we do that? It's a very natural, probably inclination to do that. But you're so right. It's like, like you said, almost like an assertive, like, I'm just going to nip this in the bud mm-hmm. right now. I don't do X, Y, Z. <laughs> <laughs> Let me spare us the whole experience and I'm just going to like not do it. And it can seem like you said, like you're you know, being self-aware or trying to, you know, tackle things head on, but you're also very, you know, you're limiting yourself in ways that you probably don't intend to. Um, Probably a different conversation will lead you to a different result and like, okay, girl, you don't have this, you don't have that. I need to get this little thing down. I need to figure out how to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to try. And that would be, that's just a really important message. I think, especially for people who might be looking at this is an option, it's a changing landscape and with pro cheer and dance. And I think it can be even more intimidating as people 
I won't say age out, but just age up. It's just mm -hmm. an inevitable, I think, uh, the word I want to look for. It's just a kind of an inevitable insecurity that creeps up around age. And you're nowhere close to as old as I am. But I just think that what you shared, especially in your posts of like continually growing in dance, I think is just something that people have to keep in mind. You're never too old to learn, like yeah. never, never. Yeah, I just, I just, I just hit that too. And I'm not even, I'm not dancing. I'm not trying to like audition for a team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with my classes and like doing the stretching and working with the flexi stretcher, like I was like, ooh, I was doing my photo shoot and I was like, I'm gonna try it. Hit it. And I was like, ooh, I saw that photo and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's me. Like I did that. <laughs> but it has to feel so good. And I know um, it's something that comes to mind too, especially with, Having the podcast, I mean, there's so many, you know, senior dance teams in the NBA of, you know, people that are coming back to dance, whether they're former cheerleaders or, or dancers, or just people who just really, really love to dance. And their stories are like, it just moves you to your core because like, they didn't let anything stop them. They like, mm -hmm. go out for the sports team, and they give it their best. And they end up just growing in dance in their 60s, 70s. I don't even know the oldest out there, but I think it's extremely inspiring. And it's just like you said, a sign of like, never give up. There's never too late to start on the journey. And the conversations that you have with yourself, I think the people you surround yourself with along the way, mm -hmm. um, you'll be surprised what you can accomplish if you're kind of like feeding yourself the right messages around putting yourself out there. That's so great you started this community. I mean, like, and we all have to kind of be gentle with ourselves too. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I think exactly. we can, there's so much critique and drilling down on like being audition ready and whatnot. But, you know, it's a freaking process, you know, to get there. It's not like you just whip yourself into shape and slap yourself around and then you boom, you're ready. Like it's, it's very introspective and you're kind of having to like dig a little deeper and face those insecurities and, and work on those things that, are tough and uncomfortable mm -hmm. and just kind of just take it on and test yourself and see how, see what you're capable of. I think it's just, I don't know. Anyway, I'm on my soapbox. Thanks for that, <laughs> I guess. Thanks for, um, on that note, taking a sip. Taking a sip. Um, so one of the things that I also wanted to, um, just to ask you about in general was just like looking again, back at your career in dance. Do you think, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit on where do we go from here on your podcast, but I'm going to flip it around a little bit for you and just asking, um, just based on a lot of the changes that we see with different programs, like what would you say to people who are maybe, I want to focus on age, but maybe just a little far further removed from dance. Like what would you say in terms of like words of advice or wisdom around approaching this dream of becoming a professional cheerleader at that stage? I would say do what you can to prepare yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. Make sure that you understand that a no doesn't necessarily mean no forever. It's more of a not right now. And there's certain things that you may need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, because like, you know, you know, you were on a team, didn't make it back and re-auditioned again. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of people who received no's and came back time and time again. And it's kind of just understanding that like there may be certain skills or changes that I, I need to 
hone in on and sharpen and if I want this I'm going to do it yeah. and I feel like that's the biggest part is having that will and determination you know of course there's certain things you can't control but focus on what you can and is if you want it bad enough you'll do everything in your power to do that so I would say f- figure out you know your limits what you're willing to do um, what you're willing to sacrifice find mm-hmm. something that fits in that um, if you can and not beat yourself up if you're not able to um, I like that last part yeah show yourself some grace because it's such a competitive behind landscape like yeah. you can't beat yourself up for not getting 25 spots out of like I don't know, filling up like over 600 plus applicants <laughs> because it's virtual now. Like giving yourself some grace is very, very important because it's it's just a different space now. And I think we just have to be mindful of that and understanding that there may be things that you, like you said, you can control and that you can do to better prepare or improve upon. But at the end of the day, it's just competitive and it's mm-hmm. okay. And then, you know, and I, I mean, I guess I would add to that too. There's also other opportunities to dance beyond these however many teams and just kind of keeping that in mind like if you really just want to dance Mm -hmm. yeah if you really want to dance exactly which I think is easy for people to forget about when they're like tunnel vision on that team that they want that there might be other opportunities right at their fingertips that they're just not thinking of Jada, I just love you. I feel like I could talk to you all freaking day. I just realized it's already at an hour. So, I mean, are you going to drop it like it's hot before we go? Drop it like it's hot. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> um, it is not a dance contest. Um, not a dance contest. <laughs> it's just a uh, lightning round oh, lightning. questions. I feel like I take my time through these, so it's not even like that fast, but person that comes to mind for wait I feel like I remember that okay you can do it okay favorite style of dance oh like you're like wait are you (laughs) oh we're we're doing it now we're starting I didn't know we're starting okay sorry (laughs) rewind round two let's go okay what is your favorite style of dance I would say jazz funk Ooh, I like okay introvert or extrovert introvert Morning person or night owl. Mid-afternoon lady. <laughs> I feel like I'm moving more towards that. I used to be a night owl. Now I'm like trying to get my butt to fall asleep. So it's like, hey, just hit me in like midday and I'm probably. I'm 11 a.m. and I'm, I'm <laughs> operating prime. I love it. All right. What's the biggest lesson you learned through auditions? biggest lesson through auditions is who enjoy it just be yourself and um what's meant to happen will happen okay that is a great philosophy people should just try to embrace I know it's easier said than done but anyway okay what's your dream dance career I always wanted to, well, I don't know if I wanted it to be a career, but I've always wanted to like dance on a cruise ship. Really? Or like, oh okay. no, or that was more recently. Growing up, I wanted to be in videos, like music videos. Oh, totally. I wanted to be a video vixen that was, that 
this would bust into a dance routine. Like, yes, I'm the object, you know, of the affection of whoever's singing, but then I would also just be like killing it. Just bust out, hit a number. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But cruise ships, that's, who was it? We interviewed um, one of our former teammates, Dance for the Blazers, Dance for the Seahawks, and she was a cruise ship dancer. There was another one also that was also danced on cruise ships. It sounds like a fascinating experience maybe not in the COVID era where maybe you could be trapped yeah. on the ship or something but and I do get seasick so oh, okay <laughs> okay well maybe not no good idea for me <laughs> okay uh what actor would play you in your biopic jeez I don't know now I'm staring at you like who would play you I don't really think there's anyone that can live up to the well the no not that <laughs> Just no one that looks like me. Huh. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's hard. Huh. Yeah, nobody's coming to mind. But I don't know if you had a favorite actress that you're mm-hmm. like, if somebody's going to play me, then it needs to be no, this No, the only bomb people actor. I really remember are the people who I find highly attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Chris Hemsworth. I was watching Thor earlier today. <laughs> A little hot, a little hot. Anyway, that makes sense. Okay, uh, let's see. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? So I always say I was born in the wrong era. Oh, okay. But I do feel like I would have been in trouble if I was born like 10 or 20 years earlier. Um, <laughs> I just, I know I would have a good time. Like being you know, in my late teens, early 20s, during the 70s or 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I would I would have been in trouble, for sure. Well, there was like a... God knew what he was doing. He knew. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> but things seemed to be lit on a whole different level back then. A whole for, other level. For sure. Yeah, I can, I can really, especially in the 70s. But I don't know. I mean, I know how I am about drugs now, but I think back then it was just like, it was all part and parcel. Like dance equaled just, you were surrounded in an atmosphere of a lot of other things that would have probably gotten you in trouble. But anyway, yeah. I mean, even the 90s, even if I was an adult during the 90s, I would have been like a huge, I say this all the time, I would have been a huge Tupac groupie. (laughs) Like that, just his his voice, just his voice. Like I would have, those girls like waiting in the hotel lobby like it's horrible like I don't feel like I would I would be that way for anyone anyone yeah. but Tupac I don't he know why no as an adult from that period I mean I remember okay this I'm sounding so old but it's not that I wasn't really into rap but he was the first rapper that I will say that I was just like listening to in my little headphones knowing all the words like just Thug life. I mean, if I wouldn't have gotten a tattoo, but I mean, I was I was so about that life for Tupac. I can re- I can relate. He was just fascinating as a person. I think, and his whole just mojo was just like it was infectious back then. Like you had to be crazy not to. Yeah. Oh, I was like five when he when he died. Oh wow! Oh, you're such a young one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh dang! I was definitely an adult. But yeah, it was an era. I, my daughter still says like now, I mean, all the 90s fashion is back and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you're talking about the era when I was first an adult. I was just like, I can tell you about it if you really want to know about it. But 
Okay, a couple more. Let's see. If you could live in any sitcom, which one would it be? I don't watch many sitcoms, but I would say, um, I guess, Blackish. Oh, yay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. It's so funny. I was just watching their Juneteenth episode the other day. Clever writing. Okay, let's see. Last one. Let's see. What, if anything, would you change about the pro cheerleading industry in its current state? You are the president of the Cheerleading and Dance Professional Association. Horrible title, but what would you change if you had a magic wand? I think I would change just how they approach or have them actually approach the issue or transition from pro cheer. I feel like they put so much energy and effort into molding you Mm -hmm. um, and developing you and they put so much emphasis on even you know being on the team like teammates will be like oh you know this team is so great you know I've grown so much or it's helped me to become the woman I am today and all these things and it's like we kind of lean so much on it that when we step away from it it's kind of like a, a crutch that we've been leaning on. And so all of a sudden we have to hold ourselves up. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess finding a way to either make that transition an easier one or to loosen that, that hold while we're on the team, give us a little bit more freedom, voice and control over who we are and who we're becoming. I love that because they do provide that resource to them, to the players. I think maybe each club is different, but there is absolutely recognition that the athletes tend to fall off a cliff, so to speak, when their careers are over. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't done anything in the field that they probably studied since they graduated from college. Um, they haven't had any time or energy for internships or job opportunities. So they're just literally, you know, left to their own devices and it, and it can, be very, very detrimental to how they do after they leave the pros. So I think why not extend some of that support and uh, resources to the dancers who also sacrifice a good deal for the organization. I think that would be an excellent change in our world because when you think about it, there's so much time devoted to the organization when you're part of a team that unfortunately, unless your growth and development is coupled with that, you don't have time or energy to to add to yourself in that way. And Especially so, if you're younger. Exactly. Like I've seen and heard from plenty of people who you make certain trade-offs with your career, um, with your education, different things when you are giving so much time and it's just not feasible to really do both. And so you don't want it to be a situation where once they stop, they're looking back at like, dang, I gave up all of this and I don't even really have anything to support or lean on when it comes to figuring out what do I do now? I mean, it's one of the heartbreaking things I think about our space because there's just, and there's no regard, like the directors are focused obviously on the team that they have at the moment. There isn't like a retiree association, so to speak, or if you do, it's more around maybe just the social aspects of it, not so much mm -hmm. like networking or trying to help people and figuring out what to do with their lives. So I think that's really a, an awesome observation things that I wish we could change and do something about, but I love um, asking that of my guests because we've lived it, we've done it, and you know we know what would be helpful to make our space even better for the next generation of people coming after us. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I told myself too with 
the collegiate team that I I would make sure that I stressed um, the importance of not placing so much pressure or or value in this title. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want anyone to feel like this is their worth. This is their purpose in life. It's like because what are you going to do when this is over? Very so. very true. Thank you so much for doing this, Jada. This is been a great conversation. I hope people feel inspired just in terms of just the journey and appreciating the journey and the resources that are available along the way to just really improve and to build and to grow. And it's never freaking too late. Never. Never too late. Never too late. Well, I appreciate our glass of rosé. Cheers to you, my lady. I finished all mine. I don't know if you finished yours. I got, I got a little bit left. A little bit left. Well, have a good night. You too. All right. Take care, Jada. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.